0: Have you ever noticed that it's a lot easier to see all the things that are going wrong than it is to see the things that are going right with your team, with the company, with the projects that you're working on and all around? We're also focusing a lot more on the critical negative feedback than we are on the positive feedback. In this podcast episode, we're not only going to talk about why that is, but also why this negativity bias is so important for you to course correct in order to create a positive work environment and being an inspiring and admired leader to others. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role? Build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment and this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders i'm a leadership coach a mom of three a coffee lover and a travel enthusiast stick around because in this show you'll learn how to think communicate and act to become a confident high-performing leader people love to work with let's go Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. So I had this topic to talk about negativity and how we're biased by it and how it's shaping and changing our view and perspective of reality and why this is so important for you to understand as a leader on my list for topics to record for this podcast for quite some time. But something happened yesterday that triggered me to pull this up from my list of topics and record it this very week. So this was yesterday, Monday, November 8. It was around 11.58 a.m. my time, Pacific time. And all of a sudden the lights went in and out and my internet completely dropped. I was just finishing up a call. I could kind of wrap it up. I was cut off mid-sentence and everything was gone I was checking my phone at that point to just send them a quick message and say I'm sorry my internet dropped when I noticed that my phone was also not having any signal so at that point I realized this is weird I got no signal on my phone and my internet is out I took a deep breath I took my dog out quickly anyways which I wanted to do And then I heard my neighbor across the fence ask the other neighbor if their signal had dropped, at which point I realized this was not an issue with my house. This was an issue in the neighborhood. And so I went back inside and I started to figure out, okay, if this isn't coming back, if my Internet is down, what am I going to do with the rest of my day? And so as the afternoon progressed, we still didn't have any Internet. I still didn't have any signal. Within the neighborhood, we started sort of like walk around and talk to each other to figure things out. And over the course of the afternoon, we found out that there has been an accident on a nearby highway, which now at the time of the recording, I know specifically what happened. It was a truck who had the back of the truck like elevated too far up and exceeded the height limit and actually pulled down a, a big power line. And with that, and what that created a a big power line and what that created was not only a big accident on the freeway, it led to the Internet for about 2,500 accounts or households be out and for our phone signals to be gone. Well, we didn't know for how long the Internet would be out at the point in time when people figured out how to get signal on their phone, they started calling the respective uh, companies and they said it could be up to six days. So six days. Without internet is what the protection was. And so the news started coming in, and all I could think about in this moment was okay, let's focus on what the good thing is in this. Like, how can I use this time being completely off the grid, kind of, and offline? With all communication, how could I leverage this time for myself? What's positive in this happening? What's the learning moment here? And even to think about, well, if this were to happen again in the future, what would I want to have prepared for just in case? Such as what would be my go-to plan to try to get signal with my provider? What would I do to alert schools and neighbors and so forth? And so that was a really interesting time for me to go through and then to focus on what I can control. Well, this morning I got up and finally we have internet again. And so there's a community app called Nextdoor that my neighborhood is participating in. And anyways, that whole location here, the the town that I live in, uh, of people sharing what happened and specifically in the comment section, ranting about the impact this had on their lives and on their work. The negativity in the comments was overwhelming. Now... This was one incident, Uh, most people still had a house over their roof, they still had food, they actually still had electricity, but the internet and any signal on phones, for most people at least, was out and, and it seemed to have completely ruined their day. And so I got inspired to record this video today because in a leadership role, it's really important to learn to lead yourself first. You got to lead your brains, like I like to say, before you lead your people. If something like this happens, an external event outside of your control and you're completely losing it, frantically reacting and emotionally reacting in an untempered way, your impact on your team is greater than you might anticipate and for sure it's greater than when you were in an IC in an individual contributor role as a manager you almost have a megaphone and that includes the emotions that you spread they're contagious for your team so being aware of what's happening here and why am i reacting so strongly to things that are outside of my control. And the impact this has on other people is really, really important. Now, why do we react so strongly when something negative happens? This is actually your brain doing its job. It's well intended because in your mind there is a perceived threat. And when there is a threat, our brain naturally tends to pull all our attention to this one event to ensure survival, right? We see this in animals too. There's the instinctual reaction to any threat. The problem with humans is that these perceived threats are not actually real threats, right? An email coming in from your boss is not actually a threat to your life, yet, it can be perceived as such if that name or if that situation is triggering because you had a stressful experience in the past your brain sees something that your mind then sees a particular situation makes assumptions of what's going to happen next and the emotion is being created because of the interpretation and the assumptions that we make of a particular event we know a lot more about emotions now than we did 10 years ago even five years ago and how they're being created. And this is a fascinating field that I've spent a lot of time studying and then sharing with my clients to help them become more cool, calm and collected in their leadership role and to be able to manage themselves better. So because of the survival instinct to pay a lot of attention to any negativity, this shows up again, not just with an email. It also shows up in ways such as that we know we care a lot more about losing something than we do about gaining something. So losing $20 seems a lot more painful and and we're focused a lot more on not losing $20 than we are focused and emotionally engaged in this idea of winning $20. Similarly, a bad first impression matters way more than a good first impression. And we tend to experience bad emotions more intensely than we do good emotions We also notice this, for example, in giving feedback. When we give one critical or negative feedback, we have to give positive feedback four times in order to create a balance in perception on the recipient's side. If you have one negative reaction or interaction with someone, it will take four not one, four positive interactions with that person in order to balance out and get back into neutral state. It's all because of this instinctual threat that we get with negativity that our brains need to focus on that. An example or an analogy I like to use with clients is Imagine that you're going to a grocery store and you have a shopping cart and one of the wheels is slightly tilted and it naturally starts to lean your shopping cart over to the right. So you have to consciously put an effort in to steer that shopping cart back to the middle in order to go straight down the aisle. That's what we need to do with our brains because our survival is not at risk here. So understanding this is happening, that we have this negativity bias For us to think about it, by the way, makes humans very unique because all other animals have this instinct too, but they can't think about the instinct and course correct it. We humans can. We have the instinct like all other animals, but we also have the capacity to think about our own instincts and then to course correct And that's what self-leadership is about. So step number one is to notice when are you paying way more attention to all the things that are going wrong. If you look at your team members, every time they make a mistake, you for sure notice it. But every time they do something really well, are you paying equal attention? And are you praising them for that as much as you give them critical feedback? Or even if it's just a judgment in your head, are you aware that every time you react to something with negatively charged emotions that it will take four times to get that back into balance. Are you aware that your negative emotions and maybe the way that you show being stressed or being concerned or being worried actually is contagious on others and makes them more stressed as well. So paying attention to how the negativity bias impacts you in leading your team, in making decisions where there's risk involved right? We're way more risk averse than we are prone to take on risks because of this innate need and desire to want to feel safe and secure. And then the second step is to actively course correct, to steer that shopping cart back to the center by contemplating, specifically thinking about the positive things, by looking at what's going well versus what's going wrong. Consciously asking yourself these questions. I like to do this in my daily self-reflection at the end of the day. Not just what went wrong, but also what went well. So step number one, building awareness. Step number two, actively and continuously course correct the negativity bias and as a new manager this is more important than ever before now if you notice that you have a hard time sort of containing your emotions staying cool calm and collected and you want to learn how to react react less to others not just in your behaviors but also in terms of your mental reaction the dialogue that's going on in your head how it might distract you from your work because you notice you're spiraling out and you're creating worry or self-doubt or frustration and anger and it's getting you off track and you want to learn how to remain focused in a healthy place where your rational brain is in charge and you're not emotionally driven And you are the CEO of your brain, then let's talk. This is a big part of the work that I do with the leaders that I coach in my programs and in private coaching. I'll drop the link down below to schedule a call, or you can head on over to ramonashot.com forward slash apply. We can jump on a call, talk it through, look at what will be needed for you to get to that place. And you'll leave the call with greater clarity on what is in the way and how to get to a place where you are in control and leading yourself really well, which will directly correlate in how well you lead your team. If that's you, I'd love to speak with you. Otherwise, I'll see you next week in another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at ramonashaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.